What is a no transaction fee program? This is the Transition to RA video series. It is question number 24. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. So in today's question, we're gonna dive deeper into, you know, what are no transaction fee programs, commonly referred to as NTF programs. And in and, and the very last video I did, number 23, I encourage you to go back and take a look at it, talked about the differences between transaction-based pricing and asset-based pricing. Our conversation today is gonna, is gonna primarily relate to that transaction-based price. And I'll give you a, a quick high-level overview of what that is if you, if you haven't yet seen the prior video. But, but I do encourage you to look at both of these because I think they'll, they'll help you. But I did, I did do this standalone video on, on NTF programs because there's a couple nuances that I think are worth diving into. Um, so, so real quick, when, when you have your own RA and you work with your custodian, in that account, every time, let's say you're using, again, transaction-based price and arrangement with the, with the client. Again, video 23, I explain all of this. Uh, every time a transaction's performed, back, back in the day, a year plus ago, every time a trade occurred for the most part, equity, ETF, everything, there was a transaction charge that was assessed that would go off. It might've been with equities and ETFs, six, seven, eight dollars per trade, or seven dollars for a buy, seven dollars for a sell, that sort of thing. Um, and then the fast forward, the world changed right in this past year. And, and now most custodians for that equity and ETF piece are now at zero per, per trade. But what a lot of people don't realize is when, when the news on that came out and said, hey, transaction pricing has gone to zero, well, that, well, that was with respect to equities and ETFs. And again, not, not all custodians went along with that, but, but a, a number of them did. But, but regardless, it did not really change anything as it, as it relates to mutual funds and, and to a degree ETFs if, if, if that custodian did not follow suit and go to zero on ETFs. But I, I'm going to focus primarily on, on mutual funds on this video that that, that transaction pricing still exists in mutual fund uh, trade. So by default, if you were to buy or sell a mutual fund in a client's account, there's in theory by default a transaction charge on that for each buy and each sell. Now, however, the custodians have set it up that, okay, uh, as long as you use one of the mutual funds on our NTF list or no transaction fee list, then, then there will be no transaction charge on that. So every time you do a buy or sell, there, there will be no transaction charge. And so that's, that's an NTF list. That, that's what we're going to talk about you know, here and how that works. And, and so what you as an RIA would do is as you're looking at custodians and and you know you look and say, okay, I, I, there's a, a number of variables of why you might choose one custodian over the other. And again, that's a large part of what I help advisors understand and think through. Um, but you want to look at them and say, okay, do you do I if you are an RIA or, or, or will be an RA that 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 plans to use mutual funds, you know, you want to make sure, okay, do you, do you have my mutual funds available? And and then are they on the NTF list? Now, in that first part, I tell you, I did a whole separate video on that as well as is just because a mutual fund exists out there doesn't guarantee that your custodian actually has it available for you to use with accounts held at that, at that custodian. So I encourage you to look at that video as well, but, but let's assume that is the case. You also wanna be you know, cognizant of, okay, is it, is it on the NTF list of, of funds? And in, in the universe of mutual funds that are on platforms, the, 
the, generally the bulk are on these NTF lists. It's, it's not like, oh, of, of all the funds a custodian offers or makes available to you, um, that only 10% are on an NTF list. It generally is that the, the overwhelming majority of, of funds are, are on that NTF list. So as, as long as you're using one of those funds, again, that transaction charge in turn gets, gets waived. And, and so you think, okay, what's, what's the catch? Why, why would a custodian just waive this charge? Obviously there's something more to it um, because it is important to consider how a custodian generates revenue because as, that, as your own RIA, you keep 100% of the advisory fee. There is no grid uh, payout. There is no haircut, anything like that by the custodian. You keep 100%. Uh, so a custodian obviously has to generate revenue somehow. And I'll, I'll do a separate video on all the ways they generate revenue. But, but one of those ways is on transaction charges. So, so the question is, well, why would a custodian just agree to waive that charge on these NTF lists. If, if a mutual fund's on this list, what's, what's the, the proverbial catch? And, and it's not really a catch, it's just an arrangement of how these things are set up that, that the custodians have gone out to mutual funds and said, okay, mutual fund companies, we'll, we'll make you a deal. If you pay us a couple basis points on the, on the assets that are held in your funds on our platform, um, in return, we will do a couple things for you. We might perform certain record keeping uh, requirements that, that otherwise would have to be done by the mutual fund. Uh, by the way, we will put you on this NTF list. And so the RAs that use our platform might, might be more likely to use your fund over one that's not on that NTF list. And, and so there's benefits involved. And in return, the mutual fund company has to pay, again, it's usually in basis points, a number of basis points back to the custodian kind of for that, that package of services that's being provided, uh, to the RIA. So um, it's, it's just uh, something to be aware of. That's typical, whether, that, whether you're in an RIA custodial relationship, that sort of thing is occurring. If you're at a large traditional brokerage firm, that sort of thing is currently occurring. So it, it actually won't necessarily be something new that you're not experiencing now, whether you realize it's happening or not. Um, it's, it's across the industry of, of the relationship between whether it's broker dealers or, or custodians with, with mutual fund companies. And these NTF lists, this is pretty typical across the board of, of how these arrangements are set up. Um, now, a, a notable exception to this, if you, if, you know, I, I referenced oh, the, the bulk of, of mutual funds are on this list, but, but I didn't say that they all are, right? There, there is, a, there is a, a, a number of mutual funds that are not on these NTF lists. And, and there could be a, a number of reasons a mutual fund company just disagree or does not agree to, to pay these basis points. And they say, I... I don't want to be, I don't care if I'm not on your NTF list or, okay, I'll do my record keeping on the, the, the shareholders of the fund ourselves and, and as opposed to you doing it. And, and so there might be a couple of reasons they, they essentially balk at agreeing to participate in this NTF you know, program, if you will. Uh, but, but another thing you see, and this is with usually more that this, the case when you come across funds is generally, you know, as an example, extremely low cost index funds are generally not on these NTF lists. And, and the reason is just pure math. If, if, the, if that index fund itself is only charging an expense ratio of call it four basis points, and, and from that four, the, the mutual fund itself has to cover all of its expenses to run that fund. And of course, they're, they're trying to generate some margin and there's some profit in there. There's just nothing left to share with a custodian or share with a broker dealer. It's just, it's just pure math. And so while it's, it's great that those expense ratios are very low, 
when there's just not enough in that to then share with a custodian, the custodian in turn then can't go and, and give a, a free transaction on that fund because otherwise if they gave a free transaction on, on a particular mutual or index fund and, and that, that fund family's not you know, given any uh, basis points back to the custodian, the custodian's not making any money on that, on that asset, on that mutual fund holding. And so it's, it's obviously a custodian needs to generate revenue to cover their costs to reinvest in the platform, all those sorts of things. So again, there's this typical arrangement, but just know there, there are those circumstances that for, for, for a number of reasons that a fund just might not be you know, on that list. Um, and so a, a couple of things of what this means to you and your clients uh, number one, it's, it's, this is not a conflict at all for you as the RA, because as the RA, you will receive none of this, this custodial revenue. So whether it's a transaction charge that, that occurs to buy or sell the mutual fund, or, there's, or it's on the NTF list, so there's no transaction charge, but, but there's basis points being paid back to the custodian from the mutual fund company. As the RA, you will receive none of that. So there is no conflict for you as far as the frequency you might buy or sell mutual funds or the reason you might oh, use one fund over another because uh, none of that revenue is being shared back with you. And it makes the RIA custodial relationship very clean in that regard that again, as an RIA, you can go to your clients and say, the, the sole way, the only way I am paid, Mr. and Mrs. Client is by the advisory fee that you pay me directly, you know, whether that's say 1% of assets. From there, it doesn't make any difference how, how much or little I trade in the account. It doesn't make any difference what investment solutions we implement with you because no matter which of those variables are involved, I get paid on none of that. I only get paid on the fee you pay me to look out in your best interest. So it's a very clean model um, and, and, and very powerful message to explain that to clients. Um, so again, did, did want to clarify, it's not a conflict to you because as you are, you would receive you know, none of that. Uh, next up is a, a challenge with all this as it continues to evolve is, is the, the, the increase in the number of share classes within each mutual fund. And so, right, there was a time 15 plus years ago that the mutual fund share classes were very simple. It was, it was primarily literally A, B, and C, and, and that was it. Now, any given mutual fund could, could have a dozen or more different share classes uh, and, and so a lot of these NTF programs are, are listed, not just on, oh, do you offer, is this particular fund family on the NTF list? It's, or is the particular fund within that fund family on the list? It's also, hey, is a particular share class within that? Because again, is, is there's different share classes that have different expense ratios, there's different capacity for that mutual fund, whether they're able or willing to, to share some of those basis points back to the custodian to make this NTF you know, list available. So, you know, the, the takeaway with that, and, and this is a typical part of, of your due diligence on a custodian and something I absolutely coach advisors on, and I'm happy to help walk you through this as well, is, is as you're looking at custodians, and, and there's a number of different options out there and, and pros and cons to each one, but a typical thing you would do if, if you do use mutual funds with clients is you go to that custodian ahead of time and you say, uh, okay, custodian, uh, here are the mutual funds, and, and not just the fund families, uh, not just the funds, but the specific share classes I use. 
if I were to move my assets to you as custodian, will those be available to me? And I, again, I did a whole separate video on that of, of don't just assume they will all be available. There's a couple variables in there you need to be aware of. So I encourage you to check out that separate video again on, on will all of my current mutual funds I use be available with my new custodian? Uh, so number one, you want to ask, you know, head time, will they be available? And then, and then number two, you'd say, okay, and, and are they on the NTF list? Now, if the, whether the answer is yes or no uh, to, the, to the first part of that could be very meaningful for you because if you, if you desire to keep using certain funds and your custodian doesn't make them available, that could be a problem. But that second step, are they on the NTF list? I, I would challenge you to, 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 to not, not be short-sighted in that answer that if, if some are and some aren't, that doesn't necessarily mean you should disregard that custodian in general because among other things, every other custodian might be in that exact same boat. Um, but also just the existence of certain transaction charges is, is just one variable in custodian selection. There's a lot that goes into that. So don't, don't, get, don't, don't get too concerned about are they on the NTF list or not, but it, but it is helpful to know um, because you, you might uh, build entire models off of that. So again, that, that really comes down to share class. Don't just ask about the mutual fund, ask about the specific share classes, you know, which you would determine, you can just look at the QCIPs of the funds you have and they can look those up. Um, and then the, the final thing is just, again, this is a benefit to clients. So if, if you know, a, all other things being equal, if a client has to pay a transaction charge on a mutual fund buy or sell or, or doesn't, clearly it's better for the client to not pay on that. And, and again, if, if the share class of a mutual fund that you were going to use uh, is, is what, the, what you were already going to use with the client because you think it's the best investment for them, it's, it's not like, oh, well, that same share class on some custodians that have an NTF list is, is, a, is a different expense ratio than that same share class on a, on a different custodian that does or does not have it on the NTF list. It's, so it's, it's kind of like if you are going to use that fund anyways and use that share class anyways because it's what's best for the client. And, and in the long term, even if there are transaction charges, in the long term, they, these are very minor compared to what hopefully that investment does for the client in, in general, but still nonetheless something to, 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 to be considered. Um, but, but nonetheless, to the degree it just works out that, hey, we use this fund and, and we can get it for no transaction fee, that's obviously a plus to the client uh, as well. Uh, so like I said, go, go back to the prior video, uh, number uh, 23, I talk about uh, the transaction-based pricing versus asset-based pricing. There's, there's pros and cons to each. I, I would say though, if you, that the short answer with regard to NTF is, is if you only use NTF mutual funds, as they say, um, it, it is worthwhile considering, wow, I, I, I should use transaction-based pricing because I actually won't have any transaction pricing because they're all on this NTF list. Um, and then, like I said, at the beginning of the video, some custodians still charge uh, transaction charge on, on ETFs. And, and generally those custodians have a NTF ETF list as well. So the same sort of thing can apply. So just use the same, you know, concepts I've been discussing as, as far as ETFs go as well. But as in most custodians have gone to, to zero pricing on ETFs as well. So it's less of a point. Uh, and then, then pardon, pardon thoughts on this. You know, who, who knows what the future brings? I, I don't think a couple of years ago, you know, a lot of people would have predicted that we'd be at zero for, for equities and ETF trades. And in most cases, I think a lot of people thought, oh, it'll keep coming down, but to go to zero. Um, you know, the question is, will, will there come a time that, that all mutual funds are zero transaction charge as well? And, 
and uh, you know, at face value, that, that would seem to be a good thing. But this, uh, the, the flip side is if it, if it does go to zero, well, custodian needs to make that revenue up some other way. And so maybe there is an implementation of an asset-based pricing charge instead. And, it, and we just get rid of all these transaction charges that's zero across the board. However, asset-based pricing is, is now the standard way that these things are priced out by custodian. So it's, it's hard to tell, again, what, what the future will bring. Uh, and, and then the last thing, and I, just to repeat, I said it a second ago, is this is an important topic to understand. It's important to know how transaction charges work. It's important to know when you can avoid them. But just the existence of transaction charges, and again, it's a lot less prevalent than it was just a year ago, because a lot of these have gone down to that zero pricing. But that's just one key component to, to decide on whether one custodian is better for you, because they might have slightly different pricing or, or how they price it out. Um, and, and with all the variables involved, that, that certainly should not be the sole decider you have of a custodian. It's, it's important to be aware of. It's important to make sure they're, they're kind of in the ballpark of each other, which generally they are. But, but there's a lot of variables that go into it. And again, that's, that's a lot of what I help advisors with. So with that, like I said, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. So just like I was mentioning, you know, what are the kind of questions you want to be asking a custodian as it relates to your specific business? If you don't use mutual funds, you don't need to be asking about mutual funds. I mean, you, you could because maybe you want to use them in the future, but, but you want to know what questions should I be asking? What answers should I expect to be hearing back? And that's the exact sort of thing I help advisors with uh, to be fully informed before they begin some of these conversations. So I'd be more than happy to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, if you're not already there, head on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, you can see plenty more videos I've posted. I've mentioned some of them here uh, just now. Uh, I've done white papers on the economics of the RA model. And the, the easiest path is right there at the top of the contact link. Just click on that. You can easily and instantly schedule a specific date and time that you and I can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether it's about something very specific like today's topic or, or more broad, where you want to just begin that conversation of, you know, here's my current practice, my current affiliation model, and the current firm on that. What would that look like as the RA model from an economics perspective, a, a responsibility perspective, a flexibility perspective, everything. I'd be more than happy to have that conversation with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video, and I'll see you on the next one.